to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey, coffee lovers, my roast has finally arrived. Make your mornings better by visiting pbandjoey.com and grabbing a bag of my personal morning roast. That's pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Now pay attention, 007. First, your new car. BMW. Agile five forward gears, all points radar. Self-destruct system, and naturally, all the usual refinements. Now, this I'm particularly proud of. Behind the headlights, Stinger missiles. Excellent. Just the thing for unwinding after a rough day at the office. Need I remind you, 007? that you have a license to kill, not to break the traffic laws. I wouldn't think of it. Good. Jay here, positive sarcasm.com, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studios underground T-5 weeks, five and a half weeks, till full blackout for the moment. The moment? The month of March, uh, month of March. Basically, we're just going. We're just going to go full blackout and move to the new studio and basically get everything all set up. You can find me on all social media. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry about Wednesday. Uh, I lost my voice, and if you don't have a voice, well, then you don't have a podcast. I mean, would you really want to be? Well, first of all, do you really want to be listening to me? First of all, in the first place, but even worse, if you just want to hear. So that just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so I didn't even bother to make the attempt. I'm like, let's just come back. And when I feel like I have some somewhat of my shit together, we'll go ahead and we'll get right after it. But feeling pretty good right today. Um, yeah. So anyways, you can find me on all social media. I did. Speaking of the move. So we've already talked about um, last week. I wanted to tap back into last week's podcast regarding the budget office computer build. And I just delivered that computer to the client. And then I also wanted to touch base on... What uh, I liked about that that build or that upgrade for that computer, and also what in comparison, if you were building something from scratch as a budget build, and then the price comparison about what I what I thought 
uh, was what I did well, what I thought I got, what I thought I delivered, and then what was the actual truth of it. Like for example, um, for example, let's just jump right into it. So we talked about an HP ProDesk uh, 400G1. It's an i3, basically. I thought it was like an eighth gen or a ninth gen processor. It turns out it was a sixth gen processor. So not as much computing power. Okay, so definitely has limitations to um, you know what you could be doing with it. For example, well, actually. Still, for the most part, an i3 is a pretty strong, uh, is pretty strong. Can you run 4K on it? Ultimately, yes. Can you play video games on it? Ultimately, yes. Can you, you know, but are you getting like PlayStation quality graphics and things like that? It depends on the video games that you're putting, that you're playing. I don't know if it's going to run like Doom Eternal maxed out. Probably not. But for the most part, this thing was an office computer. It didn't have enough. Pa- it didn't have a large enough power supply. It didn't have barely any RAM. It didn't have an SSD drive. It didn't have a graphics card. And now it does. It has brand new fans. It has a brand new power supply, a, mu- a gaming power supply. It has all the things we need. You can go back to last week's podcast and check out all the things that we did to it. I did make a couple other adjustments, and I did have to uh, get some adapting wires for the CD-ROM and for the... And actually, that's it. It's the only adapter I really had to get. Everything else was pretty much plug and play. Once I put in the the new power supply, everything else went really well. Um, it runs YouTube in 4K. It uh, I didn't get a chance to test it with any video games, but I did get a, ch- a chance to test it in 1440p, which is just above 1080 and just below 4K while running and recording OBS. So broadcasting and recording and playing high-quality video at the same time, it had no problems. So that's ultimately the product that I wanted to deliver. And I tested it out on a on a full-size HDMI monitor, and I tested it out attached to a 55-inch flat-screen television. And it worked out really, really well. Ultimately, the build, uh, for the most part, most of the products, the supplies were supplied to me. The SSD drive, uh, the power supply, and a couple other things. So the build wasn't that expensive. We went over the pricing, and then on top of that, I wanted to review, there was on Turbo Future, there was an article and a build for, ultimately, if you wanted to build my build, overall, it would cost you around $350, whereas the one from Turbo Future, that article tells you around $500 is where you're going to be sitting if you wanted to build it from scratch. So on mine, you weren't replacing, you weren't buying a new case, you weren't buying a... um, you weren't buying a new case. You weren't buying a new motherboard. You weren't buying a chipset. Okay, so you were, so you already bought. You basically had your case because it's an office computer. It's a cheap machine that already has a processor, a motherboard, and uh, a lot of the stuff already built into it. Whereas with this new build, you're going to be spending the extra hundred and fifty dollars to do all that. Now, if you are a and if you are an intermediate intermediate uh, computer uh, hardware savvy type of person. You don't know. You don't necessarily know if you want to fuck with the motherboard. You don't necessarily know if you want to fuck with the power supply or things like that. But the power supply, thankfully, is pretty easy to put in. It's it is. It's surprisingly easy. It just has a. It's not like you're installing a radio into your into your uh, into your car. It's not. It's not difficult like that at all. It's actually much simpler. But with the compare in comparison, so the build that I had was this is a uh, this ProDesk is an i3. Uh, sixth series processor i3 the one for this $500 build is an 8100 so an eighth gen so you're getting 
you are getting a faster processor in this case. So that's number one. That's a point towards the $500 gaming PC build. All right. The second one, they're putting in an HD3 motherboard from Gigabyte. Gigabyte's the same company that I used to buy. They made the graphics card that I bought for my build for the client. So with their options here, they decided to go with, uh, they decided to buy the motherboard and it came out, they had to mail in the rebate. Now, still, if you're willing to go through the lengths of going through Newegg and doing the mail-in rebate, you will get your money back. And they spent an additional $105, so roughly $100 uh, from Newegg. Can you probably get a motherboard cheaper through eBay? Yes, but let's go ahead and just stick with, we'll just go with $100 overall. The Now, this motherboard comes with four RAM slots. So, and as uh, this one comes with four RAM slots, compared to my build, which was a smaller motherboard that only had two available RAM slots. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, though. The RAM allocation is not really necessary because of the things that we were doing. The amount of RAM I was using to run 4K video or 1440p video and OBS was not a lot. We were running maybe between 2 and 4 gigs of DDR4 RAM as far as what was needed to run both of these programs at the same time. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot at all. So that being said, he has this gentleman has four slots allocated that support up to 64 gigs of RAM that can support up to. The question is how much is an i3 capable of handling? Now a 6th gen is probably only 8, whereas the new gen is probably up to 64. But let's just assume that he has four memory slots and he said he went in with, I don't, like I said, if he puts in... 8, 12, 16, I'm not sure. So what did he eventually go with? The RAM of choice, he went with this one. Two modules at 4 gigs of RAM. All right, so that's what he went with. He went with two modules at 4 gig. Let's see, 8 gig total and two modules at 4 gig. Okay, so he eventually, he ultimately just went with four with 8 gigs of RAM, just like I did. How much did he spend? $79. So for $79... He spent, okay, first of all, I think he spent too much. I spent, let's see, for $15, I got an additional 4 gigs of RAM, and I only had to buy 4 gigs of RAM because the computer already came with 4 gigs. So if I had to buy two brand new chipsets, it would have cost me 30 bucks. So $30 versus $79, I, the points go to me on this one. So $79 versus $30, and I only had to buy half the amount. So $15. Points go to me on that one. Motherboard. So if he's not going to put in... Now, I'll give you that. I bet you this motherboard, for some random reason, is probably better than mine. All right. So I'll go with a wash here. But the fact is, he had to spend an additional $100 for a motherboard. I already had mine built in. So I already had mine set up. And we're not using this motherboard to its full potential because we're not putting in more than 8 gigs of RAM on it. We're not putting in 8 gigs of RAM on it. We're not using any of these DVI or HDMI outputs. We're just using the standard sound uh, board that's already built in. We've got plenty of USB slots, so why would we bother upgrading it? What's the point? What's the point? I'm sure there are some perks to getting a brand new motherboard, but at this point, I don't see many when we're doing a budget build. So I'll take the points. I will arguably take the points on this one because I didn't have to purchase a new motherboard. I didn't have to purchase a new motherboard at all. That already came with it, on top of it, with 4 gigs of RAM, whereas he spent 80. Then, on top of that, all right, so what's after that? He bought 
the RAM, and then he bought the 500 gig hard disk drive. Excuse me. He went with an SSD. I went with an SSD too. That makes perfect sense. Now, how much did he spend for the SSD drive? He spent. Now he okay as the with the RAM the hard drive is also nothing special special he went with a standard 7200 RPM mechanical hard disk drive from Amazon for twenty eight dollars now that is pretty cheap for a five hundred for a five hundred gigabyte drive here's the thing though he bought a mechanical drive now we already discussed this the difference between a mechanical drive where it actually has disks that spin and it reads the disks the disks have to get up to speed before you start reading the information off of it it is way slower. It slows the whole thing down. It slows the whole computer down, every single process, everything that you do compared to an SSD drive. He spent $28. Where, I'll give you this, he has a 500 gig drive as as compared to the one I did. So he has double the size of the amount of hard drive space. He bought a 500 gig drive. I bought a 240 gig hard drive. So for $28, he got twice as much space. The point would go to him, except this is a mechanical drive. Mechanical drives are no, I don't care what brand it is, how the quality of the build, the RPM, it's not nearly as fast. Not even close, no way, shape, and hell. Absolutely not. It's just too much work. And it requires more energy. So that being said, the points go to me because my computer is way faster when it comes to the, the hard drive. On top of that, it already came with a 500 gigabyte hard drive already built in. So now not only do I have the hard drive, the SSD drive, which is built in, excuse me, the SSD drive that was, or first of all, it already came with the build. We took it out of another computer and put it in this one, a PNY 240 gig hard drive. So there's that. Those only cost 28 bucks, 30 bucks at the most to buy cheaply. As the primary drive, when I say the primary drive, you install Windows on there, whether it's Windows 7 or Windows 10, that's your preference. You put all of your games or your main high-demand programs on there. And then the backup hard drive, the regular mechanical hard drive, is where you put your MP3s. It's where you put your backup. So if in case the, the SSD drive fails, you put the backup on the mechanical disk so you go out and buy another cheap SSD drive and then bang, you're back up and running in no time. That's what the mechanical drive is for. That's exactly what it's for. They're ultra-reliable, they're ultra-cheap, and they're ultra-slow. Today's, in today's standards, anyways. So I didn't even realize, I was went, going through this, and then I was like, wait, he bought a 500-gig drive? Okay, that makes sense. But then I realized, oh my God, he bought a mechanical. Mechanicals are way slower. We're completely past that. No laptops use SSDs. No, no desktops, custom desktops, use them unless they're backups. Everybody uses SSDs or M2 drives now because they're just super fast. So he spent 28 bucks. So points go to me for the RAM, points go to me for the motherboard, and points go to me for the hard drive. So what else did he, what else are we going with here? So he goes with a graphics card. Now, he'll probably get points on this because he spent a significant amount of money or did he spend? Let's find out. So he bought a Radeon card. Looks like a nice graphics card. It's got it's a 2 gig graphics card, blah blah blah. Mine was a 1 gig. I went and spent 60 bucks on a pre-owned graphics card for this gentleman. And for the fact that it's an i3, it's only gonna, you're only going to be able to get so much power because when you're running OBS, when you're basically streaming on Twitch or streaming on YouTube or streaming on Facebook, you have one program running off the software, so running off the chip using the basic integrated stuff that's already in the computer. 
And then you have like YouTube or your video game basically running off the graphics card. So they're not they're not, you know, monopolizing all of one item. So that's because OBS generally has a lot of software compatibility issues when you try to record or stream using <clears throat> excuse me, the hard drive or excuse me, the the uh the graphics card. You'll have a lot of issues with that. So it's the best bet is to just use the software on your computer. It's much it's just much cleaner. So there is that to take into account. However, with a one gigabyte graphics card, I was an older graphics card. I was able to, I was able to watch YouTube at 4K, and, and use any program, no problems whatsoever. So, what kind of pluses are you going to get out of a two gigs graphics card, and how much did you pay for it? So, let's find out. So, <clears throat> and also, Gigabyte uses a, an NVIDIA chipset, which are highly popular. And if you were actually to go out and buy an actual NVIDIA card, they're going to be more expensive. Now, for the graphics card, he went with a budget. He had to go for the budget. He went with a Radeon 4 gigs graphic card. 4 gig graphic card. Even though it writes up here that it's 2 gig. All right, but how much did he spend on it? So it doesn't say. Okay. So we'll just we'll we'll table that for now and see actually what it what it actually comes out to. Now, for example, he let's see, this is a single fan card, so it runs fairly quiet and only requires 75 watts of power. Now, that's the thing is he's going to have to get a, a, a power supply for that, which is fine. Now, let's continue. We'll table that also for later. He had to buy a tower. Okay. So for the tower, it was, let's see, it's cost him an extra $25. My case came included with the computer in general. So if you were to buy his case, his case was $25. My case was $90. But my case came with a motherboard. It came with four gigs of RAM. It came, uh, it didn't, it came with a power supply, but the power supply had to be swapped out. So the power supply had to be swapped out. But what it was swapped out with was one you could generally buy for about $50 right now. A 600-watt power supply will run just about anything. And it, basically, you don't have to do any uh, specific BIOS upgrades or anything really tricky. You basically just have to plug it in. Um, everything is all set up the way it should be. Like, the case is already set up. that You don't have to deal with any of this stuff. It's so much easier to go with something like this. And if you were to find, like, a like a, an older Alienware or an older high-end office computer on on this on eBay or on Amazon or on Newegg, it would be much easier just to swap out a couple parts and go with that than opposed to um, something you have to build from scratch and spend all this money on. Fighting with a straw here. All right, let's continue down. So my case cost me, let's just a average it out. Let's say 30 bucks for the RAM, or thirty bucks for thirty bucks for the case, thirty bucks for the motherboard, thirty bucks for uh, miscellaneous parts. So we're about on par here so far. The power supply I had available to me, if I had to buy a new one, it would have cost me fifty dollars. So we'll go, we'll say fine. So his build right here, how much did he spend for his power supply? Uh, let's see. Powering this is an EVGA power, 400 watt power supply. Nothing special about it, but it'll offer adequate power to the system at $24.99 from Superbiz. It is perfect for this system. I would agree. For $24.99 at 400 watts, that's pretty decent. Thing is, though, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, graphics cards require a minimum of 400 watts. 
So I don't know if I would want to go this go this route of just only going with a 400 watt power supply when you have everything else that's going to heavily rely uh, that that also needs power as well. Another obviously could be something I'm missing here, but he put a 400 watt power supply in there for 25 bucks. Not bad. I went with a 600 watt power supply, which wouldn't cost you much more, and there'd be no question of what you would have available to you. And I also had it available to me. I just had it kicking around. So, um, as far as everything else, he installed Windows 10. I went with Windows 7. Now, Windows 7, it cost you about it cost you about nothing to install the I. You can find the ISO online for free. Basically, the file that allows you to install Windows. Windows 10, same exact thing. It's the license key that you have to purchase, and you can find those online for fifteen dollars. Same thing for Windows 10. Um, it, it depends on what you want, what your preferences are. I'm perfectly fine with going with Windows 7. That's an argument for another day that I've had on several occasions. So his overall, his system cost $477, whereas mine cost at the most $370. So that's, first of all, good for him for offering uh, some type of uh, from-the-ground-up build, but there is a huge disconnect here between, first of all, I don't know what he spent on this graphics card. And I would, first of all, would his, is his graphics card a better graphics card than mine? Maybe. But the, here's the thing is, I'm not too sure of other graphics cards right now that aren't, don't have NVIDIA chipsets on them. NVIDIA is the most popular. It's the most reliable. They bought every company. So they own all the chipsets. They have all the code. They have all the keys. The keys they have all the spices. So, incompatibility is a major factor. In, NVIDIA works well with Intel. It works well with AMD. And you'll also find them in a lot of older Apple computers as well. So I don't know about this XFX card. So at this point, I'm not sure. And for whatever price, you could spend a little bit more money and get a really decent uh, off-brand NVIDIA graphics card and be perfectly fine. But he kills it. He totally screws the pooch on right, right here when he does the 500 gig hard drive totally fucks it all up with this mechanical drive this completely this completely null and voids his entire budget build and it's an easy fix it's an easy fix if you want to go ahead and fix this build right now all he would have to do is to take this barracuda 500 gig hard drive and throw it in the fucking trash or or send it back and if he swapped that out with a 120 gig or 240 gig or hell even up his price a little bit for an extra 20 bucks get a, uh, a 400 or 500 gigabyte solid state drive that would completely change this build completely change his build but still at that point he'd be at $500 he'd be at $500 and at that point other options start to open up as far as maybe I just want to for 500 bucks maybe I should just go buy a laptop maybe I just need portability more than a gaming platform I don't know but this is the one of the things that I took into account. It's like, all right, well, let me see if I... Now, like I said, his processor is two generations fast, or two generations. Yeah, if I have a... I worked with a 6th gen. He had an 8th gen. So I'm sure it's faster, okay? But it is an i3. i3s do start to max out when you start opening up multiple programs. They generally do start to max out. An easy way to tell is when you open up... When you right-click on your taspar and you put, open up Task Manager, 
and it'll show you your performance monitor of what is actually being used when you open these programs that are needed in order to do the job that you needed to do. And the i3s max out every single time. So there's only so much you can do with an, an i3, whether it's 3rd gen, 6th gen, or 10th gen. And if you really want to have multiple programs running at a much higher setting, you have to go with an AMD or you have to go with an Intel i5. There's just no way around that. i3s are designed for a specific purpose. They don't, take, they don't require a lot of power. They're pretty mobile. They fit in everything. They're durable. And you can run pretty much whatever you want on them. But they do have an absolute limit. So as far as I'm concerned, the i3, the i3, great processor, but it definitely hits its limit on this build. Now, still a good build, but I don't think it's the most efficient build for the money. I still think that my build is better and could be even better than the one I built. It was just, this is what I had available to me, this is the time length I had, and this is the budget I was working with. And for 350 bucks, well, first of all, 350 bucks minus the fact, minus the cost of the case came with it, the motherboard came with it, four gigs of RAM came with it, power supply had that kicking around, SSD drive came with it. Hard, additional hard drive uses a backup. So, in that case, and of course, a new fan because the other one was dying in there. I put a much better fan in there that had a safety grade on top of it because of all the additional wires that I had running through there. I didn't want any of the fans to be compromised, just in case. So, that being said, I think that my build was a much better build than this one right here. Especially if you are going to be able to run games and have uh, faster response times, there's no way you're going to be able to accomplish that with an old mechanical hard drive. There's no, there's no way. It's just going to take longer to open programs and run programs and load episodes and load levels. It's just going to be, it's going to be much fast. It's not going to be able to render as quickly. That's just, that's just how it is. Okay, there, you can go online, you can go online to any, on YouTube and just look up SSD versus M2 versus versus HDD. And you'll see the difference in load times and response times and everything. And there's a massive disconnect between SSD and mechanical. Mechanical is I'm not going to say it's the petrol engine, but it is old world. It's the at this point it's the fucking steam engine. It's the locomotive. It's 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 nothing more than basically a reliable backup drive. That's all it is. Okay, it's the old iPod, the one with the non-color screen. That's exactly what it is. Now, I did want to, this is Sunday Leftovers. This isn't the original Wednesday podcast. Like I said, my throat was gone on Wednesday, so I couldn't, I lost my voice. But I did want to relay, though there is an, a thing I'm working on. Let's say you have like an extra shed. I'll just close up on this, actually. I'm working on this thing where I want to have like a standalone studio, a small, a very small studio uh, that doesn't comprise of anything else other than just the podcast studio itself. That's it. And I want to do it from an outside spot, not necessarily in the house. I want to do it in its own separate area. But do I want to be running, just so you have the, the privacy of just running a specific, uh, running a studio for only those purposes. Now, how are you going to run internet to that? How are you going to be able to get a Wi-Fi signal there? How are you going to be able to power it? Well, I, I have been doing some preliminary research um, on, let's see, on things are basically on Wi-Fi bridges. Wi-Fi bridges basically are these panels that take your data to take your internet connection that come from your router 
and then basically shoots it across your lawn or shoots it across basically like up to three miles to the other to the other bridge. They basically just look like flat panels. And then from there, you can attach a router to the other side. And then you have, you, they're talking speeds up to a 100, uh, over, up to and over 100 megabit per second. First of all, if you're running 100 megabit per second, you're all set. You don't have to, anything 70 and up, you're not going to have any problems. You're really not going to have any problems. Your upload speeds are going to be exactly the same. Your download speeds are going to be almost as fast as if you were sitting right next to your original router, your original modem. So there's really no issue here. Now, price-wise, I right now, these right here, these uh, Tycon Wireless, these bridges, they're pr apparently pretty plug-and-play. They get up to 100 megabit per, per, se per second, and these are designed for outdoor. They, they come with... Uh, they basically plug one plugs into your router, shoots across your lawn, and then attaches. And then, as long as the beam hits in line of sight of another, of another one of these bridges, it just goes into another router, and then boom, your shed, your back garage, your extra uh, outdoor studio, your disconnected studio, now has perfectly fast internet without you having to run a cable all the way across your lawn, because if you're running like a hundred and fifty foot long like ethernet cable your the, the amount of energy it's going to take to run the signal from one spot to the other spot is eventually going to run out and you'll have to get a booster and it's just it's a complete complete waste of time you also have to deal with the elements such as weather and winter and things like that and it's just a pain in the ass so why would i go that route so instead of course i'll have to run power I'll have to run power, but that's an easy thing. You just run extension cables, and then you bury them, and then you weather-proof them, and then that's it. You're all set. So that's no issue. Heavy-duty extension cords have been around for a fucking century, so that's not a problem there. But this is the most. This is the thing I had to pay, take attention to. Now, obviously, you can go on YouTube, and they have um, they have like how-to videos on pretty much every single um, wireless bridge that you can imagine. And it can get a little technical, but there are how-to steps for every single one. And it shows you exactly how to plug them in, exactly how to set them up, and exactly how to troubleshoot them. And I'm looking at all kinds of different ones. And they vary. Some go for $250, some go for $60 uh, per bridge, you know, basically per beam. So you can buy, for example, if you buy like the, the Tycon Wireless, it comes, with, it comes with both of these. So it's around like $2, $250. But if you were to buy like the TP-Link ones or uh, this ingenious one, you may be only paying for one of, this, of these satellite-looking things, these beam-looking things. So you have to take that into account. But if you are running, let's say you're running it from one, long, from one, part, one spot of your house to another, which I'm going to be planning on doing, and it's going to be about probably 150 feet total. Well, most likely you are going to get exactly the speed you want, and you don't have to spend... I don't think you're going to have to spend that amount of money, such as $250. They roughly go for around, here's the one I'm looking at. I've had very good success with the company TP-Link, and this one is about $39. This is on Amazon. I'm going to see if I can find it on eBay because I'm more of an eBay guy and see if I can find two of these. They're around $40, $50 a pop. Grab two of those and then program those in, and that would be a great way to bring the new studio to life. And then go from there. So I think and that, and I will be working on that. I'll have plenty of time to work on that. You know, I'll give myself all the time in the world to make sure that the setup for the new studio 
and basically the entire house and the entire shed that's going to be hosting the studio and then how I'm going to design it and make it warm and comfortable and basically just as if if not more cozy than the last studio making sure that that is achievable so it's going to be an interesting project for me going forward but these are things like if you if you have like if you're have like an outside apartment or a cottage or something like that and you're looking to run wi-fi from one spot to another but you don't necessarily want to do cables this is the best way to do it this is absolutely the best way to do it uh at least according to all the reviews i've seen and yeah so that's one of the things i wanted to show you that i'm going to be working on as far as projects go so that's going to be uh that's going to be something to look forward to. So we are, what, well, we're 31 minutes in now, and we are about T minus 45 days. T minus 45, no, we're more like T minus 35 days now. So I'm getting my weeks all fucked up. Um, I, yeah, I've already mentally checked out. And it's kind of weird to, like I said, once you, you take a week off or for whatever reason, whether it's health reasons or your voice is gone or you're setting up for a new podcast, and it's like it's like being off stage. You suddenly get rusty. You don't remember what the hell you're doing. Um and plus, I'm still getting used to this new setup. And by the time I actually get used to this new setup, it's going to be gone. And I'm going to be off for a month. So I'm hunkered down. And so this is the one thing I'm looking at. So if you want to go ahead and check these things out, you can go, like if you're just listening to the podcast, you're not watching it, you can go on um, YouTube and you can go check out. There's a couple things I just want to reiterate to you. Obviously, I love to talk about cultural stuff. I love to talk about all these kind of, you know, like stocks and shit like that. But um, I also want to like, talk to you guys about how I'm able to build some of the things I do, how I'm able to put together the studio as inexpensively as I can. And then when you buy things, you buy the right things. You don't have to buy multiple shit and waste all your money. You don't want to blow your load just on one item and not be able to afford other things. So this is, I want to be able to show you guys what I buy and in what pieces so that you know how much money to allocate towards these projects if you ever get towards them. And believe me, a lot of the things, even though you may not be able to be building a podcast studio in your backyard, you may be doing something that requires similar products or similar services to some of the things that I'm doing. So I want that to be, I don't want that to be mistaken. These things are useful for you. And there's no reason to go out there and buy expensive stuff when you don't have to. There's no reason to go out and buy new stuff if you don't have to. If you can go and buy refurbished stuff, sell a refurbished stuff, pre-owned stuff on eBay or on Newegg or whatever and save yourself a ton of money, then absolutely do so. But of course, ease of use is also a thing too. You want to make sure you get something as reliable. Uh, you don't buy if you are going to buy something that's used and maybe doesn't have a return policy. You don't buy something that's already broken. You want to make sure that it's on your you, this shit is on your side, and you're going to get it. You're going to get it for a reasonable time. You're going to get it in a reasonable amount of time for a reasonable amount of money with a significant amount of reliability. So these are all things I take into account. Now this one's this is something I've never really ventured into. I've never ventured into uh, doing these bridges, but I've seen like other people, you know, simple folk on YouTube put these things together, and apparently they're pretty simple. So I'm gonna go ahead with that approach, with that approach, optimistic mindset, and see if I can do that as well. I'm pretty sure I can, uh, but we'll go from there. So you can go ahead. One of them is uh, one of them's called Ingenious E N Genius Technologies Wi-Fi Outdoor. That's one. It's called Peer to Peer Clients. And then there was one by TP-Link. Where's that TP-Link one? TP-Link N300 and N... So there's the N300 2.4 gigahertz and the N300 5 gigahertz. But it's the... They're both N300 outdoor... Um, 
point-to-point wireless bridge. So go ahead and look those up. And then, of course, the one that I saw, which was like apparently one of the easiest ones to use, was the Tycon, T-Y-C-O-N, Tycon system, Wi-Fi bridge. It's called the Easy Bridge. Um, so those are the ones you can look up. Now, what what will you need on top of that? What will you need on top of, uh, if you are going to attach a bridge, you're going to need a router on the other side of the bridge. And the one I had, I one I used to have before I swapped over to the, um, before I swapped over to the Netgear Nighthawk because I needed to run a much larger space, I had in the small in the smaller spot, I had a TP-Link. Uh, let me see here. I mean, first of all, it ran a nine hundred a nine hundred square foot area relatively easily, and they're inexpensive. But I'm gonna go grab you the actual number so that you guys can get a better idea. If you're running like 900 square feet or 100 square feet and you need to run a small, just a simple router that's hype, that can run up to, I'd say 450 megabit per second. Now, if you guys are running giga, you know, if you guys are running big gigabit speeds, then you guys know what to look for because you've already, you've already been in that field long enough. But the one I was using is super cheap. The, t- the original router that I had in the house was a 450 megabit per second TP-Link TLWR94ON. It's $17.99. So for an additional $18.20, uh, you can go ahead and you know light up the shed, light up the uh, backyard garage or the extra cottage that you need with a wireless bridge to connect it all together. So that would be that would be the one of my choice. You can go ahead and look that up. It's not like I said. There's um. You can go ahead and find this on eBay. There's a bunch of different ones. Take your pick. Pre-owned, brand new, refurbished. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. So absolutely go that route. And they're super reliable. TP-Links are also very easy to program too. So there's no reason, there's no issues there. So go ahead and look up all that. Info. If you have questions or concerns or where I can send you links to, you can go ahead and email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Or you can email me directly through the website. Just go to Positive Sarcasm and click on the contact page. Also, um, I just added a new affiliate link. If you guys are a fan of the Robinhood app or if you guys are looking to get into more stocks and get more free stocks, you can also check out the Weeble app. The Weeble app, I have an affiliate link on my contact page. It's just under the Robinhood app in the Cash app. You guys can click on that, deposit $100. You'll get free. You'll also get free stocks through that as well. So if you're looking to get a small, a small portfolio started quickly, you can go to the Robinhood app and you can go to the Webull app and eventually probably go to the eToro app and we can start uh, building up a small portfolio just by opening these accounts. And then you can get started from there. It's a great way to get a couple stocks under your belt very, very quickly. So please... You can go to positivesarcasm.com, check out those affiliate links. And if you want to have any questions or concerns or comments, you guys can email me uh, regarding any of this stuff or any of the recent build that we, or, or the recent HP build that we just did. And I'll have more updates to you for, I'll have more updates to come for you. Okay. All right. We're good. I just shelled out 37 minutes here and I think we're good. All right. In the meantime, you can find me on all social media. You can find me on parlor when it's back up, hopefully. Um, just remember Amazon is not the only cloud service in, in the fucking world. There's Oracle, there's Microsoft, there's plenty of other cloud services. So don't think if something gets kicked off the internet, it's gone forever. Um, but like I said, in the meantime, you can find me on social media. You can email me directly. You can also find all my stuff on my YouTube channels, positive sarcasm and positive sarcasm podcast. Um, looking forward to the new year. Looking forward to the new year. Guys, get your stocks in. We're going to be on a, we're probably going to ride pretty high for a little while before things all come tumbling down. But for now, I think things are going to be okay. So go ahead and take 
advantage of the situation while it can be taken advantage of financially. But if you start to see warning signs, don't be afraid to pull out and cash in your chips. Okay? Okay, good. We're done here. Thank you guys for listening, watching, and supporting the podcast any way, shape, or possible. And I will be talking to you guys hopefully Wednesday, and I'll have my the rest of my voice back and all my shit together. Thank you very much for listening, watching, and subscribing. I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Record here from the Spare Parts Underground Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.